It's always such an honor to be with you. Um, I think the last time I was here, you were living hope. And this is my uh, first time ministering since um, your name changed and all that God has given you as vision and purpose has been enlarged. I, um, I always like to begin uh, by releasing honor. Honor is a, is a prerequisite for a release. Honor releases everything from the spirit of God and from the kingdom of God. We have to learn how to honor one another. We need to learn how to honor the house of God, and you are the house of God, and that God dwells in each and every one of us, and sometimes we forget that. We forget that God is in your brothers and your sisters. When we dishonor them, we are dishonoring the God in them. So I want to just honor this house. This is a great house. You have influence and reach that sometimes you may forget because you're sitting in this room and you don't know how many lives you are affecting everywhere. I want to honor uh, the set leadership of this house. Awesome leadership. The overseers, the pastoral staff, staff and your pastors are amazing very powerful, love God with all their heart. And there's such uh, a deliverance uh, anointing on this house that set people free. And when we are here, sometimes we, we get casual with uh, the things of God. We, uh, as I said, we have to keep reminding ourselves that honor is a prerequisite for release of everything that you are asking God or seeking God and all that he has for you, honor, just simply esteeming one another higher than you do yourself. It's important that we never forget that. Again, this is a great house, and I'm privileged to be here today. I want to share a little bit of my life. Um, I think once you get a certain age, you realize that you, you need to impart your life as well as the gospel. Your experience with God and your understanding of God. Because when I first started, I had a lot of, started um, in ministry, I had a lot of zeal, but I didn't have a lot of experience with God and how he how he, how he leads us. And we can be complaining when God has brought you into the very place that's going to launch you into your next destiny. And we have to always understand that God brings us into places that we have to overcome and prevail. And these are the places that we complain to God and say, God, don't bring me here. He can bring you in a place where you're having difficulties in your marriage because he's giving you an anointing to set others free and release uh, others into their destiny in their marriage. And, and we can begin to hate the struggle. Oh, my goodness. 
we can begin to hate the struggle, but God wants us to know that it's the struggle when we prevail. We understand that it wasn't us, but it was the anointing in us that causes us to prevail. So I want to share my life. I want to speak out of my heart as well as the word of the Lord. And I want to uh, talk about walking with the voice of God. We come here and we expect to hear the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord comes to everyone. But the voice is, speaks of the nearness of God. Still small voice, very personal. And we have to learn how to walk with that, that voice. It's the same voice that Adam and Eve heard in the midst of the garden. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It's the same voice that Jesus speaks of in John chapter 10, verse 14, when he brings his own sheep out, he goes before them and his sheep follow him for they know his voice. It's so important that we grow in our understanding and we can get so used to hearing the voice of um, the word of the Lord until we can forget that God wants to bring us even into a, a deeper understanding and reality. So we want to go on a journey. We want to go on a journey today. I title this, I have actually three titles. <laughs> I want to, the first is walking with the voice of promise. My sheep know my voice, the nearness and personal leading and shepherding, and the voice of promise. When God brings us into, I think we call it the promised land, but he called it the land of promise. That when you come into the land of promise, everything God has ever promised, you have to walk it out. And I'm coming because some of you here have stopped walking, maybe because of the adversity, or maybe you think I have enough. I don't want any more. You see, when God fulfills a promise, sometimes we stop there because we don't want to fight or walk out any more of his promises. You're in the land of promise, and as he spoke to Abraham, he said, get out of your country and come to a land that I'm going to show you. A lot of times we like to know where we're going and we stop walking when we don't want to go to a place that he shows you. That you have to follow that voice. The voice that's speaking in your heart. 
I come to cause you to move forward. Even I have come to some places where I just wanted to stay. Some good places, intimate places. Presence of God is real sweet. And I don't want to hear him say, arise and walk. Sometimes we come to a place of discouragement. I'm going to just read a verse or two from a passage in 1 Kings chapter 19 where Elijah the prophet had done great exploits. And then Jezebel says, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. And this man gets so discouraged until he even come to a place where he said, God, I've had enough. And he asked God to kill him. He was running away, but he didn't know he was running towards his destiny. It's a hard thing to end one season before the other one began. That's oftentimes when we get the most discouraged. When we're finishing a season, when we're, we have possessed a promise. And then we don't know what else is left. And we don't know how we're going to get to the next place. And we forget that it's the voice who leads. In 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah is coming to the end of himself, but he didn't know it. He's coming and he's getting ready to get promoted, but he doesn't know this. It feels like everything is ending and he's discouraged and he's just in despair. And he wants to give up. But he runs back to a familiar place, 40 days and 40 nights. He, he's on a journey. He's going back to a place that he's very familiar with, the mountain of God. He just automatically, his, his GPS, he leads him towards the mountain of God. And he's running 40 days and 40 nights until he gets there. And when he gets there, the Lord asks him, what are you doing here? The Bible says the word of the Lord comes to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah utters some foolishness, somewhat like we do. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, and for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left. And they even seek to take my life. The word of the Lord comes to him and said, what are you doing here? And he tells him he's been zealous and all of those things. But it's in verse 11 that the Lord tells him to go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. And I want you to note the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore through the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. He was just passing by. He was just passing by. And then an earthquake. And you know the story. And then a fire. 
And after that, a still small voice, a delicate whispering voice. And the voice said to Elijah, what are you doing here? The same question. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Of the cave. If you ever heard the still small voice, it causes you to cover up your face with a mantle or because it's so near. Usually you hear me, I'm the loud preacher. The word of God is coming and it's booming. I'm, I'm usually preaching it and hurling it, but the still small voice gets into your heart. Right now, even now, someone, some of you are hearing the word of the Lord and some of you are hearing the voice. So he, you've been stuck. You think you're too old. You think it's, it's over for you, so you stop walking with the voice. Some of you, I, I don't have enough experience to walk with this whispering voice, this delicate voice. And he says, what are you doing here? And he says the same thing. I've been very zealous in all of that. But do you know, and I'm not going to go into all of it, that he was really there because God was getting ready to promote him. God was going to tell him in the still small voice that I want you to anoint kings and I want you to anoint a prophet in your place. I'm going to say it again. It's very difficult when one season is coming to an end and you don't quite know what the next season is going to look like and, and so you get discouraged and despair and you want to give up and sometimes you want to die. See, that's, that's the danger when we talk too much and we don't listen to God. You see, in the beginning, God would come in the cool of the day, in the spirit of the day, in the breeze of the day, and he would speak to Adam and Eve until they disobeyed him because they didn't believe that the moment they would eat of the tree that God told him not to eat of, that they would die. And it wasn't physical death. It was separation, a distance from God because their mind now is not on God. Their mind is on themselves and what they desire. I think that's Romans 8, 6. The mind on yourself or your flesh is death. But the mind on the spirit is life and peace. 
And so God used to speak to them, and God wants to speak to us, but we are too busy talking to him because we've eaten from the tree that he told us not to eat from. And I want to tell you that even the good from the tree that God tells you not to eat of is not good. What that tree does empowers you to fix your own problems, make your own fig leaves, hide from God, and take care of it. It's not sufficient enough, but you, it doesn't stop you from trying to compete with God to protect yourself. God wants to speak to you. There are many of you that's ready to go into a new season. You've just parked and you're not moving. So many of us have forgotten how to listen to the voice because we're too busy talking. And because we have that knowledge, we think we can tell God the problem and even tell him the solution and tell him when he, you need to move over here, God, your hand. I, 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 I feel you moving this way, but God, this is the way. This is the problem right now. This is what I want you to fix. Fix my marriage. And God is saying, prevail over whatever is going on. Overcome. Because I'm with you. And have you, have you ever wondered how you get into certain places, certain predicaments? And you know yourself that I would not have come this way. How did I get here? Could it be the voice? Could it be the voice leading you? Because he knows how powerful you really are, but you don't yet know how powerful you are, and you don't know that there's nothing, nothing that can stop you. Absolutely nothing that can stop you. I want to speak a little bit out of Abraham's life because we're on a journey. We're following the voice of the Lord. And the voice sometimes tells us to get out of a place. And we think, well, no, no, this is a very comfortable place. I'm doing quite well here. Uh, this is what I always dreamed of, where there's no adversity, nothing, no challenges, nothing that is bothering me. And God often, he speaks to us and he says, get out of this country. The voice comes with command with instructions and with directions. I'm trying to tell you how I, I've learned that it's more important to listen to God even when I'm in a hurry. Because we always think we're behind. And we always really worry about all of the mistakes that we've made. If you really look at Abraham's life, it looks like zigzags and going around and around in circles. 
God tells him to go to the promised land, and it's a, a famine there, and he goes down to Egypt. That's a zigzag. But it doesn't matter to God. It seems like he has that factored in, that we're going to go down to Egypt a couple of times, and he's going to have to call you out several times. But it doesn't seem to matter because the voice, when I look from the God's perspective, he is leading you in a straight line. When you look at it, your life, it doesn't make any sense because it looks like you're going around and around in circles. Sometimes it looks like I'm just stuck here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And our prayer life is God... Why don't you just fix this? But the voice of the Lord comes to give you instruction. And so I had to learn how to come in the cool of the day, in the early morning, and just let God breathe on me. That's what Adam and Eve did initially. They would just come to God and they didn't have anything to ask for because they didn't know what they need. They didn't know. Matter of fact, they didn't think they needed anything. I like to always share that it wasn't Adam who was interceding and saying, God, make me a helpmate suitable for me. It was God who said that. It was God who looked at him and said, I know exactly what he needed. It was not in Adam's responsibility to decide what he needed. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying initially God did all of the speaking and they did the listening and a few times that even Abraham or Elijah said something, it was a bunch of foolishness. <laughs> Just read it. You'll see that God was telling me, arise and walk. Get out of your country. Walk. He says, I'm going to make you a great people. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Even before he blessed him, you know you have to be made great before you can receive a blessing. tells them who you are. Walking with the voice. You don't know where you're going. The still small voice knows everything. And sometimes he waits to tell you. Because you have to learn how to trust him with your whole heart and not lean to your own understanding when it seems real practical just to lean to your own understanding. God, I know what I need to do right now. And you come out of trusting with your own heart. And you start leaning to your own understanding instead of in all your ways acknowledging him. And he directs your path. I'm speaking to you as a corporate house and I'm speaking to you individual about your house. And I'm saying it's so easy to just stop 
especially when you've done some exploits. So when you have accomplished something great, and that's the time when discouragement can come on a house. And that's why I'm coming, and I'm coming as a prophetic shepherd. I'm coming to move you by the word of the Lord, but also to open your heart to the whispering voice, the still small voice that God is speaking to you, and he's saying, arise. We're going to come into the land of promise, and I need you to know that God supplies all the promises, and we must supply the faith and obedience. In Hebrews 11 and 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelled in the land of promise. By faith he dwelled in the land of promise. Remember, God supplies the promise, whether he says, I'm going to make you great, whether he says uh, that I, I, I swear I'm going to bless you in blessing you and I'm going to multiply you and multiplying you. He says, I can find anybody greater, so I swore by myself that I'm going to do this. The problem is I'm so busy blessing myself, telling me, telling God what I need when I, and thinking that I know exactly what I need and I don't know how to wait for God and waiting for God is looking for God. Well, you are looking for God to manifest and you're not in a hurry because you know that steps of faith are leading you and everywhere your feet tread, God said, I've given it to you. That's why he said, arise and walk in the land through its length and width for I give it to you. God wants us to walk with the voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. No, I'm saying, I could disagree with Jesus. I don't know your voice. There's so many voices. So many voices. I mean, now you, you really do have a lot of voices. Just go on any social platform and somebody's voice is speaking. And it's so easy for us to believe the voices, and we've forgotten the voice, the whispering voice, the delicate, still, small, small voice, a small voice, a small voice, a teeny-weeny voice. You have to hearken with your heart. You got to want to hear this voice. And you have to desire to hear this voice so much until whatever he says, you do it. Obedience. Even when it doesn't make any sense, you, you're willing to walk it out in the land of promise because this is the land of promise. It's not just the promised land a land that God promised you. This is a land filled with all the promises of God. Every promise that are yes and amen in Christ, every promise, everything that is good that God promised you, you have to walk it out. 
And you have to stay present with the voice because it's the shepherd. God only speaks with promise or in promise. When you really, really start to hear him, he's telling you, this is what I have for you. Holy Spirit is getting up, telling you to get up and walk it out. So when I get to be 70 or sometimes even 60, I think I can slow down. I, I can take it easy. I can retire. I don't, I, I don't have, I mean, this walking by faith, that it, it, it is not as easy as it, it, as it appears if you ever walked out faith with God because you really don't know where you're going. And you really, really, everything tells you because we tend to be drawn down into sight even though we know we're supposed to be walking by faith. We need a confirmation that everything is well. We jump right into the sight realm. It doesn't matter God saying, don't do this. And then from the sight realm, I'm telling God. That's why I said, look at Abraham's life and just look at everybody's life in the scripture and see you'll find that God did most of the talking because he's given instruction. And he brings us to the place where we began to see things in his light as we walk with him. I have to discipline my heart to just meet with God and not say anything. Nothing. Let him breathe on me and refresh my spirit. Renewing of my mind in, in the early morning as I'm being renewed, being made sensitive to the voice of God in the early morning. That's why Jesus said, I, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what he's saying. I only do what I see him doing, and I only say what I hear him saying. And as we are being led by the Spirit, as we've been led by the voice, all of a sudden, Jesus makes this statement. It's not even me that's speaking, but it's my Father who's speaking. And he said, it's not me that's doing the work, but my father is doing the work. You see, the voice of God, he, he gets so near you until you don't know when God ends and you begin and when you begin and God ends. You just, you, you don't know because he's so close to you. He's so intimate and he's whispering things and he's, he's wanting to talk to you and he's wanting to give you instruction for the day. Because we like to get it for the whole year and, and then I, so I don't have to come back here, God. I just want to be able to run my own life. 
Oh, God, you're taking too long. And when, when you got to understand this and you got to understand that the, when, the, when the word of God, when the voice of God comes into your hearing, it's expanding and increasing and multiplying even as it hits your heart. The word of God is expanding. He's saying, I can do more than that. Even as you are hearing him, before you can plant your feet and say, this is too big, God. God said, I can do exceedingly and abundantly more than what you can ask me or think. The word of God is increasing and expanding. And that's why he says, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. I'm, I'm talking to you. Some of you are parked. Some of you are stopped. Some of you are running ahead of God. Some of you are just getting frustrated. You're so frustrated because you don't know what's going on. You don't know that God is doing something great. Promotion time. You can better be raised up. But we have to let God do everything when he's everything. Do you know that it's Jesus who sanctify you. It's Jesus who washes you with the water of the word. It's Jesus that if you see a wrinkle or a blemish or a spot, he is taking care of it. My, wouldn't that free me up a lot if I wasn't trying to sanctify my own self? If I wasn't trying to keep my own self? If I really believe the voice that said you are kept by the power of God, what if I wasn't always, my whole prayer life is saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. The still small voice said, I already done that. I'm the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. I, I'm just messing with you a little bit. Because if I could free you from telling God what he needs to do in your own life and, and, and what you need to do, and if you could just stop, maybe you could walk it out and, and, and no matter where you go, you just trust him. Walking with a voice. Him breathing on you. You're not saying, oh God, this is it. I don't see any way out of this. Oh, God, I messed up so bad, I don't know how I could ever recover from this. Well, God, I want to quit, and not knowing that just, just, that just means your season has come to an end somewhere. And a fresh new exalted place, he's ready to reveal. He goes before you. He brings us out and he goes before you and his sheep follow him for they know his voice. I prayed last night. I said, God, I don't want them to hear my voice. I want them to hear his voice. I want you to awaken to the voice of the Lord. I want you to awaken to the times where God, 
he knows better than you what's ahead. And he knows how to bring you out to bring you in. Now, most of us understand about possessing the promise. That's go in and possess the promise. It, it supposed a military power and everything, but, but it's written that we need to know how to inherit the promise. That's a birthright. When you come into that place where you're inheriting the promises, every promise that God has made is your birthright. Is yours. You don't have to do anything to deserve it. Oh, I'm just freeing you because we, we're always trying to prove to God that we deserve something. We're trying to be good enough. to earn it. Now, I'm walking with you, but you're walking with the voice. It could seem like God is all over the place when we're all over the place. We, we, we are very rarely in the place where he told us to be. I said, you meet him in the cooler today early in the morning. You said, somebody's sitting there saying, how early? <laughs> what, are you, what does early look like to you? <laughs> you see, that's why we, we do a whole bunch of talking and we don't understand that God is not trying to make it hard for you. He's not trying to make you fail. He said, in the breeze, the refreshing time, I'm going to come and your mind, the spirit of your mind is going to be renewed with my breath, my still small voice. You ever had someone that just talked right over you? you? You're trying to give them some wisdom and they're just talking right over you. That's how God feels every day. Still delicate, whispering voice. Oh, God, deliver me. God, you don't know how bad it is down here. You're right where, you're right where I need you to be so that you can overcome this. So that gives you confidence for the next season when I take you through some place on your way to promotion. When someone else threatens you, you won't give up and want to quit. When someone says, I don't understand you, and you look like you're confusing everyone, you will understand that it's not you. It's the voice of the Lord that's going to make the clarity, bring the clarity into their life. By faith, this is verse 9, and I'm going to kind of wrap it up. By faith, Abraham dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign 
country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Sometimes the promised land will feel like a foreign place. And you have to dwell there. But notice that he has a tent. It's not a fixed dwelling place. I know we have our homes and everything, but we need to understand that we are in tent mode. We are in this tent, in this tent, and we got to learn how to pitch that tent and how to take up that tent and move. And move. Because we have to walk all through the land of promise. It's going to take you forever, ever to inherit all that God has promised, but everything that God has promised, again, is yes and amen in him. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of every promise God has ever made. He is the answer to every prayer that has ever been prayed. Jesus Christ, his spirit is in you. He's called the life-giving spirit. That even when you want to stop, he's able to quicken you. Even when you have a legitimate excuse that I have a, 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 a debilitating disease or a whatever we can come up with. And that's why we shouldn't tell. We should learn to be quiet sometimes. Because we'll be telling God something that's not true. He's your healer. But what I'm trying to tell you that we can stop because we feel we have a legitimate, I'm too old now, God. Uh, my, my, my limbs don't work like they used to. But, but, but Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they would worship leaning on their cane. The race is not given to the swift. But to those who endure to the end, and sometimes it is difficult to make one, put one feet before the other. But I'm telling you, you're still required to take that step. It says, for Abraham looked for the city which foundation whose builder and maker is God. We got to walk until the things that are beneath no longer have power over us, but it's the things that are drawing us above. The beauty of the city. The fellowship of seeing the bride. Seeing yourself as you really are. Well, you cannot tell God I'm not worth very much because of how I've been treated. It, it, it doesn't matter. You have always been loved, and you always will be loved, and you always be, will be cared for, but you won't allow me to because you talk over me, telling me what I need to take away from you, what I gave this to you, so that you can overcome it. 
Elijah had to overcome discouragement. And after that one time, and he was promoted to father of prophets, you don't hear him wanting to give up ever again. It's not written. You don't hear him getting discouraged and wanting to quit because now he's leading a company of people. And he's walking with God. And like Enid, he was not. Because God took him. And each step of the way, God is taking something. Taking something. Sometimes we want him to take what we think he needs to take. But he takes what he knows to be the thing that you need. When I uh, was calling to the ministry, I had a, a temper, a bad temper, short temper. And I wanted God to take that. Oh, God, please take that. Please. I can't even, I can't minister with a temper like that. You know, I want him to take it. But what I know now, if you take something too soon, you'll get boastful. And you see somebody else with a temper. You say, you need to get over that real quick. You don't have any patience if God was to take it. But he, he, he didn't take it. He was taking other things. But I, I said, God. You know, you're turning big old God to look at this. And he didn't. He took it when he was ready. And you got to understand his timing. He doesn't seem to be moving in a hurry, but he's accomplishing a whole lot of things. But we don't notice those things because we're so focused on that one thing that we said, God, if you just give me that or you just do this. But when you walk with the voice, when you walk with the voice, the intimate voice that's speaking to you, and sometimes, and, and I know you heard it, you want to tell him how bad everything, and he, you hear that still whispering voice saying, all is well. All is well. You, you, you say, well, 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 God, it doesn't feel like it, and then you hear the still small voice, I'm pleased with you. I'm not mad at you. And it's hard because we think something's wrong with us. Especially when we're going through transition. And I don't know who I'm speaking with, but I came to tell you that what you think, the reason why you're in the place that you are, you're probably wrong. Because you're probably saying, I messed up here. I must have messed up here. And you're looking at your life and you're saying, Pastor, I understand what you mean by all those zigzags. And look like I've been just going in around in a circle. And it looks like I've been parked here for about seven or eight years. You'll be surprised how fast 10 years will go when you are parked. And you say, I haven't made any movement. But God says, look from my perspective. I'm speaking, I'm pointing some things out, but the still small voice saying, I've already prepared for that. Taking care of that. You see, I, I want you to hurry up. No, 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 I'm perfecting. I don't want to have to, 
I don't want you to lose the promise. I want it to endure. So let's stand. I'm imparting my life. This is how I'm living. I'm, I'm allowing God to draw me. I'm allowing the Father to draw me to Jesus. And I'm allowing Jesus to lead me to the Father. Where are we going, Lord? I'm taking you to a deeper revelation of the Father. What is happening, Father? I'm drawing you to a deeper revelation of your salvation, Jesus. What is happening? I'm being promoted. I'm being raised up. The next season is going to be a glorious season. You're getting ready to move into your new building, and, and it could be just a little bit. Said, okay, this is enough. It's beautiful, God. Or in your own home, if you're parked, you got to start moving again. Arise. And God is still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He still hates divorce. And he still can heal a marriage. He can heal your mind. He can take away shame. He can do everything he promised you. He can bring you into prosperity. And prosperity is not an evil word. He can bring you through places that you wouldn't want to go. But if you keep walking with the voice, the still small voice, it's unmistakable. It's near you. And your inner being whispering, breathing in your spirit. And when you don't know what to pray for, as you ought, the Holy Spirit is praying the will of God. And he who's searching the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he's praying the will of God for you. And he's praying in exact terms that Father understands. So I'm separating you from the old and bringing you into the new. You've been struggling with all kinds of things and now only one thing really matters. Can I walk with you? Walking with the voice. Starting early, as early as you can get up. Some of you right now, 12 o'clock is early. Noon. God ain't, is not mad at you. Just come into his presence and 
Let him breathe on you. Don't ask for anything. Don't ask for anything. Just I just want you to breathe on me. Breathe on me. Your voice. That breath will sustain me. Thank you, Lord. I hear someone saying, as you are hearing this word, Lord, make room for me. And God is saying, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. He's making a large place, a spacious place for you. The place where you are now is too small. It's too small for you and your children. I'm making room. I'm enlarging your place. And don't worry. You're not done yet. I'm speaking to someone else. You're not done. God has much more for you. And Lord, I just thank you right now. And to some, God's just speaking to you in a private DM. Speaking to you in a private way. Don't stop. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more time. And even as we stop, he's going to continue to speak in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is always working. Even when we give up on a promise, God says, I'm going to make sure you inherit every promise because it's your birthright. I'm going to help you. I'm going to go before you. You're going to hear my voice. You're going to know it's me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And by faith, I know that God is moving you higher, deeper. Thank you, Lord. Some of the old stuff is falling off of you that you haven't been able to put off yourself. God is taking it away and giving you a fresh new garment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just a few more minutes of worship. You more a quiet worship. I'm not ashamed to call you my brethren. I'm not ashamed of you. You are my people. Call by my name. I am your God. 
I'm excited for the new season that I see for you individually and for you in this house. I'm excited as you continue to follow the voice into a whole new season. And let some things in that God has ordained the end so you can move into the new. And wait for God. Don't go ahead of him. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs>